The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive and leadership coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. Today, it is essential that we understand when our perceptive powers are working for us and when they're not. In fact, our perceptions may actually work against us. My guest today believe that being an effective leader means we must become more self-aware of our perceptions and those of others. They're going to help us shape our perceptions so that we can become more effective leaders in our organizations. My guests today are the authors of The Power of Perception, Eliminating Boundaries to Create Successful Global Leaders. My first guest is a returning guest. In fact, the first time I've had a returning guest on the Keep Lady Podcast, the amazing Dr. Diane Hamilton. And you may have heard that first interview with her in episode four, Cracking the Curiosity Code. She is a phenomenal leader, and I can't wait to hear what Dr. Hamilton shares with us, along with her co-author, Dr. Maya Zelahik. Both of them are phenomenal folks. I'm going to let you let them tell you who they are and more about them. Dr. Hamilton, Dr. Zelnick, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Thank you, Eddie. It's so nice to be here. Dr. Zelahek, do you mind if I call you Maya? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Eddie, so much for this uh, wonderful introduction. We're happy to be here with you. Thank you, ladies, for being here. And Dr. Diane, she always slaps my hand when I call her Dr. Diane. So, okay, I'm going to say Diane and Maya. (laughs) So, Diane, will you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'd be happy to. I worked a long time in education, and that's where Maya and I met. But I have a background in a lot of different areas. I've been in sales for many decades. I've worked in everything from pharmaceuticals to lending, banking, real estate, you name it, before I got into the education realm and met Maya. We both have 
worked as the MBA program chair at the Forbes School of Business. After I left, she had that role. And now she's gone on to other things. I'm a dean at another school. And uh, we we still have maintained our relationship and uh, friends and colleagues. And we thought it would be really interesting to write a book together. And that's what led to our interest in um, this particular book, because we thought we had such unique perceptions from our backgrounds being somewhat different. And we thought it's so important in the working world. So we collaborated and we created not only the book, but the Perception Power Index Assessment to go along with the book. Excellent. Maya, tell us about you. Sure. Well, I'm a Fulbright specialist, a full professor and department chair at the Forbes School of Business and Technology at the University of Arizona Global Campus. I'm also a, a global dialogue partner, and uh, I work on a few different industry boards. Um, when it comes to my background, I'm, I'm coming from a finance background prior to the world of academia. And as Diane mentioned, uh, when we met um, in different capacity at, at the Forbes School of Business and Technology, we encountered a, a few situations where we felt that our own perception differ, and we were actually teasing each other about it. And we we were really fascinating about how perception shapes the world of business and how perception impacts our effectiveness as leaders. So that is uh, how we started with our collaboration, which resulted in this book. So you all were just talking back and forth and decided, let's write a book about this conversation. At first, we actually encountered a few situations where we realized that um, our perception is uh, actually influenced by different factors, uh, such as our uh, culture, our experiences, our life experiences, our corporate experiences, uh, our emotions to a certain degree, our personality types, our curiosity levels. And um, at first, it was just a conversation. Uh, that conversation led to a collaborative research. And that research ultimately resulted in this book. Yes. And if my audience hasn't discovered it yet, both of you are far more educated than I am. <laughs> so both of these professors, these amazing women with doctorate degrees decided we're going to put some deep research behind the answer to this question. So tell my audience, for those who may not know, so we're on the same page about what exactly perception is. Well, I, I'd like to address that because I think that we think of perception sometimes of if you see the blue stripes on the dress or the gold stripes on the dress or, you know, all the memes that go around the Internet of uh, what you see if you're able to watch a video and a gorilla walks across the screen, but you don't notice them. And all those kinds of thought experiments make people, you know, come to mind when you say perception. But what we were thinking about was how we recognized how we came across to others and how others come across to us and how we utilize our perception process to come up with our ability to communicate effectively. So it's really kind of a combination of, I, as Maya was kind of saying, which, which is way we both looked at it, was it was IQ, EQ for emotional quotient, CQ for curiosity quotient, and CQ for cultural quotient. And you combine these things together and you get this process and we came up with EPIC as this um, acronym for the evaluation, prediction, interpretation, and correlation that we go through before we come up with our conclusions that we make. And if you recognize these things as part of how we 
communicate, then everybody could do uh, a lot more to be successful in a global and very diverse business setting. Now, you ran together three different acronyms right there, and I just want to break those down one more time for our listeners. You combined IQ, intelligence quotient, with EQ, emotional intelligence or emotional quotient, and CQ, the curiosity quotient. And the cultural quotient, one more CQ. So we have four of them in there. Ah, see, I missed one. Excellent. (laughs) Now, that's an interesting combination. I like that. Yeah, it, it, you know, it was not enough just to look at just culture or not enough just to look at emotional intelligence. It, it, you know, the IQ can combine the critical thinking and a lot of those elements, you know, and we really looked at how we have this process. And if you can, if you don't recognize the, the factors that impact that process, you have a very tough time having empathy which of course is a big part of emotional intelligence. So it, it's, it's really a very, um, it, it seems like simple to think, you know, that if you just open up your mind to see other people's vantage points, but we, we've never seen a time that people had a harder time doing it than right now, if you look at the political climates and things that are going on. So it's really very timely that we came up with this research. It does appear that way, indeed. I mean, when we think about where we're at in our world today, uh, at every level, of society, uh, it, it, there is a recognition that we need more people to understand, as you articulate in the book, themselves as well as others. So, Maya, what did you find is the best way for leadership to recognize their own lack of or need to develop their perceptive powers? Well, absolutely. When it comes to the business professionals, and we we wrote this book with the business professionals in mind. However, some of the book's concepts are applicable across different industries and also in everyday life. We are currently in the ever-evolving, highly diverse workplace. So we have to recognize the need to understand the complexities that can revolve around perception. For example, an interesting statistics we found out is Uh, According to psychology today, we make about 35,000 decisions a day. I was actually that many. (laughs) I'm reflecting on all the decisions I've made since I woke up this morning. Uh, That didn't appear to me that it's been that that many. However, we do. So why do those perceptions matter? Well, you know, many of our decisions are small and insignificant. While some have major impact on our professional careers, major impact in, in a professional and corporate setting. So we're dealing with some perception mechanisms. Some of them are conscious. Some of them are subconscious. And in some situations, you can trace your decision-making, your perception back to a particular experience in life or to, to your parents or to your upbringing. For example, I always knew I wanted to be a PhD. I wanted to be a doctor in something because my, my father was a PhD. And, and I felt like he inspired me to strive for the excellence in the academic arena. So I can pinpoint where that perception came from, where that decision came from. But there's so many where we're hard pressed to figure out where those came from. And some of our research is, is to recognize that perception impacts everyone's reality. What are those mechanisms? What are those variables impacting our perception and how those correlate to effective leadership? Because the effective leaders are the ones that are able to tap into a potential of their own perception. And back to your point, Eddie, understand others. 
I'm still stuck on this 35,000 decisions a day. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about how many I've gotten wrong so far. <laughs> Did your research produce the algorithm? <laughs> well, I, uh, I think I made a very poor decision when it comes to my choice of high calorie lunch. Um, <laughs> That's the one that I can definitely pinpoint as the wrong one. Uh, but a lot of decisions are, are just something as, that we're doing subconsciously. Do I wake up at this time? Do I wake up at the other time? Do I take this medicine? Do, you know, but uh, we're focusing, of course, not on all those decision making. We're focusing on the ones that are impacting your effectiveness in the world of business. And does and decision count in that 35,000? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would imagine. So we have a lot of those. Uh, not making a decision is a decision, right? Yes. Yes. That's why I ask. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So then we think about you know what, what, what decisions we're making as individuals. How does the role of our perception of others play into this? And I think that's partially what Dr. Diane was referring to. Well, it's really interesting to look at how certain things influence perception and perception influences certain things. I think, you know, when you talk about what plays into any of this, it's, well, think about what influences perception. You've got culture, you've got experience, you've got curiosity, intelligence, gender, spirituality, emotions, you name it. Those things influence your perception, right? And But then you got to look at how perception influences innovation, critical thinking, engagement, creativity, collaboration, status quo thinking, leadership. And you go through these lists of, you know, if we can recognize this impact that perception has and tie it into the, the, you know, we all want to be quantitative in this group, right? We want to figure out how it's going to save you some uh, money. And, and organizations are saying, well, how, why is this helpful? Well, if we're improving emotional intelligence because we're improving our empathy to be able to see some things from other people's perspectives and then, you know, understanding their vantage point. I mean, we know we're losing tens of billions to hundreds of billions a year on emotional intelligence, depending on where you get your data. And, uh, you know, that same with leadership and collaboration, the numbers are kind of similar and engagement as well. Our perception of our jobs and, and whether we like what we do or we don't do what we don't uh, do at work. Uh, you know, if we have that improved engagement, we know that we're over 500 billion lost each year uh, at Gallup because of that. So I think that, you know, a lot of leaders want to see data and statistics, but they don't, they don't really recognize that there's so much to perception. And as we talked about the cultural aspect, we, we've seen some companies that have been great about doing some cultural training. Uh, and that's just, as we said, you know, one of the cues and, you know, the uh, C, one of the two CQs. I mean, we have IBM, they've, done a lot of uh, training to ensure that employees are, are, have learned about the culture before they send them uh, uh, overseas, for example. And Coca-Cola does the same, but they, they make sure the spouse is even trained because they say it's a you know, happy wife or happy husband, happy life, <laughs> men or whatever you look at that and either way. But uh, there's so many companies from Accenture, McKinsey, Sherm, the, the data out there shows that the more perceptive the organization, the more successful they, they'll be. And it, even HBR had 40 case studies that showed that uh, clients, you know, that had this sense of understanding the people with whom they interact had a 152% likelier uh, idea within their team that they would understand the client. And if you can understand your client, then your sales go up. So, I mean, there's a lot of data out there, but we're really, it's, it's kind of intuitive to think that if you can, Put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see things from their perspective. 
that you're going to be much more open and and much more successful. And if a leader want, wants to improve in this area, what's the secret? Well, the, the thing is, one has to be in tune with uh, his or her own perception. One has to evaluate one's own perception, uh, being aware of how you perceive as a leader. Listen to others and, and observe. And, and to a certain degree, being able to predict as to what the others may perceive. And that is part of the index um, that we developed. It is part of our book and part of our training program. It's uh, evaluate and, and predict. And then also going further, what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to interpret. What are, what are we interpreting? Well, what, that, what all of that means? Uh, a lot of times leaders think they project one thing and they end up projecting something completely different. Exactly. Um, That's one of the reasons why I was curious. And I'm so happy you said you have the index so that it's not left up to themselves in their own self-deception. That is, that is true. And recently, I actually worked on an article where I was sharing uh, one experience I had in the finance industry, where one of the middle level managers was, was addressed by his superiors. And basically, they told him that every single member on his team was unhappy with his leadership. And his comeback was, I'm an excellent leader. So his perception of himself and the perception of everyone else was completely different. Well, usually, we don't have this Grand Canyon of of difference between one's perception versus the perception of others. Uh, usually this is a far better aligned. But at the same point of time, if I go into a meeting and I'm supposed to communicate something to my team, I know exactly what I'm trying to project. And I'm hoping to know my team in order to be able to know how they're going to perceive my projection. With that said, we are trying to help the leaders polish their own perception, being in tune with the perception of others, and being able to come to that ever-fluid concept of a business reality. And the reason why I said ever-fluid is one person's reality may not be what the other person sees. However, there is such a thing as a, as close to possible to the business reality that we're living within and working within And that is the one within which our leadership is able to become more effective. Wonderful. Well, I am enjoying this conversation with you, Diane and Maya. And we'll have more with you amazing uh, professors, scholars, leaders, and speakers right after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Karen Jacobson, the GPS girl, and you have reached your destination because you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner. Okay, we're back, everyone. I am talking to Diane Hamilton and Maya Zelhick, two amazing scholars, professors, and authors of The Power of Perception. Eliminating Boundaries to Create Successful Global Leaders. Before the break, we talked about what perception is, ladies, and how leaders can improve their own and how they interact with other people. 
But you said that you don't leave it up to leaders to say that they're good at it themselves. You just created an index. Diane, can you tell us a little bit more about the index you created? Yeah, you know, you brought up a really important point about how you cannot just rely on what you think you're doing well as leaders. Sometimes you have to measure certain things and quantify certain things, right? And I, I had Francesca Gino on my show a while back, who's a very impressive professor from Harvard, and we talked about how leaders think that they uh, embrace curiosity, but if you if you ask the people who work for them, the, the percentage is far less of what whether they believe that the curiosity that they would like to see is actually something that they reward, right? The employees didn't agree with the leaders. So our perception of what we want to have happen or what we think is a is the reality is not always the case. So when we treat when we train companies, we give them the perception power index. And that is where we discuss the four factors of evaluation, prediction, interpretation, and correlation. So it's kind of like you've taken the disc for those types of assessments where you take it's not that long, 10, 15 minutes, and you get this big 26-page report of all your results. But what we're looking at is, you know, under evaluation, we're looking at like self-control composure, acceptance, body language, tone. We're looking at some of these things about our self-evaluation because that determines our actions. And then they're looking at prediction next, which of course covers things like our empathy, sensitivity, translation, how we look at alternatives. There's all these different sub-factors within each of these four major factors. And it, and just as if you take an emotional intelligence test, uh, you would get your results of how high you are or how low you are in each of these areas. In interpretation, we're looking at curiosity, logic, culture, so those things. And correlation, we're also bringing it all together with vantage point experience and, uh, and other factors of how we reach our conclusions. So if you go down this list, we go through, well, how are these impacting you? What are your differences in perception? And we saw that there's a difference a little bit between men and women, which I thought was kind of interesting because women were more likely to believe that others can allow their perceptions of their gender impact them, where men didn't see that as a big factor. Well, maybe they didn't have the same life experiences. So there we're seeing, you know, culture, different things play into our life experiences. Men were more likely to believe that a person's health can impact their decision-making abilities. They did not view race and uh, age as much of an issue in decision-making, though, as women did. So we could, there's a lot of differences, in, in, but there weren't huge differences. We saw on and off, like, just smaller, um, you know, variations. But what's, what's interesting is when we get these results, we take a look at kind of a personal SWOT analysis that, that we do with these groups. We go through this and we go, okay, now you know the factors and you've assessed how they impact your perception. So let's do your personal SWOT. What are going to be your weaknesses and strengths when you're creating these SMART goals to overcome some of these limitations you have going through this process? And it's not just a personal area of improvement that we work on. We go through all the personal issues and help people create their own personal SMART goals. But then now that they've understand how perception impacts everything, they take what they've learned and they help the organization leaders create a corporate SMART goal process to bring back to leadership. And whoever's training the courses could be HR professionals, could be somebody, Maya and I could be training or other people in HR, consultants, and anybody who's certified to give this will have this great report that they bring back to leaders to give them and say, you know, this is what we, your employees think would help them to improve their perceptions, to be more well-rounded in these four areas that we've identified. 
And so it's kind of like what you would do if you had in, an engagement survey. You incorporate that into their their development goals. And, it, it, and it's something that employees get really excited to help give feedback to the company because we know when you get feedback from the horse's mouth, so to speak, that's when you really get some success in the end. Where can individuals get a copy of the Perceptive Power Index? I think it's uh, perceptionpowerindex.com. It's also on Dr. Diane's website, drdianehamilton.com, but perceptionpowerindex.com will take them directly to the index. Perceptionpowerindex.com. So we're going to put a link to that on the page, uh, on your page for this episode, so folks can go there and take that. Absolutely. And if uh, any of the uh, HR managers, uh, consultants, if anyone, uh, corporate training professionals, if they're interested in learning more, uh, they can get in touch with us and we will actually help them get certified in order to be able to provide this training to their companies. Because one of the things that we talked about right prior to our break was uh, what, what is the core purpose of all this? Well, the core purpose is to ensure that we're polishing our perception, being aware of the perception of others, because without having that skill set, you are unable to be an effective leader in a corporate setting. And we were also focusing not only on the concept of leadership in general, we were focusing on concept of global leadership, Mm -hmm. because I think we all can can agree that there is no such a thing as if you're a leader in today's environment, you you have to be prepared to be a global leader. So one of the concepts that we discuss in our book is uh, suspend your beliefs. And that is not to give up your values. Mm -hmm. It is just to be open-minded, to embrace the values of others, observe the values of others, perceive the values of others, and and understand others in other cultures Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do effective business internationally. And as I did a lot of research ventures in different parts of the world and different lectures and interacted with different business leaders um, across different cultures, One of the things that was one of the biggest uh, values that I've seen uh, for for the effective leaders was that ability to to be uh, not only open-minded, but to suspend their own beliefs, not giving up on their beliefs, but just suspend them, observe, learn from others. And that, that is where that prediction part of the EPIC index comes in place. I'm aware of who I am, who I am as a perceptive individual, but now I'm actually trying to predict what the others perceive about me and about the situation that we're in. Wonderful. So you're giving people an opportunity to get certified in this, not just be a person who takes this. They can get certified and issue this uh, as a a credentialed uh, assessor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, uh, Diane and I were happy to do uh, some of the training, some of the certifications, but it's just the two of us with all the other obligations that we have. So we're happy to certify the HR managers, uh, consultants, corporate training managers, and that way they can administer that within their companies. We do believe that this will increase uh, employee motivation, Mm -hmm. employee productivity and effectiveness. Because how many times all three of us were in a meeting on the receiving end of a particular message and we walk away from that meeting with three different perceptions. And Diane and I, we were in those type of situations ourselves. And uh, understanding who we are as individuals and how that impacts our perception. Everyday life, you have an argument with your significant other. Um, Her impression of what you've said versus what you said, Eddie, two different things. You were both (laughs) in the same kitchen. Yes. I am all I am always wrong no matter what I think. 
<laughs> but with that being said, um, and, and also one of the stories that we share in the book that I actually uh, find co- quite quite fascinating, uh, one of the things that uh, Diane was talking about, the gender differences, we have a story about a gentleman and a lady looking at a painting. Okay. And the lady is saying, I look at the colors, look at the way the sun hits this barn, look at the old man in front of the barn and, and how happy he is. And the man is looking at the painting saying, Hmm, boy, oh boy, that barn needs some some repainting. <laughs> so, uh, that is oversimplifying, and it can be a- other way around. But a lot of times we are in a situation where the same thing happened. We were in the midst of that same event in a corporate setting. We walk away two completely different perceptions. I would like to add to Maya's story. My husband, uh, I asked him his perception of what he thought of my hair when I cut it one time. And he said, if you like it, I like it. You <laughs> Smart it, man. I like it. <laughs> but it's interesting to look at what we can train people to uh, overcome in terms of their process. And I wanted to add to what Maya was saying about what, what you know we can train people. But they also get five hours of Shermery certification credit, which is really nice if they go through the certification training program. So it is available through Sherm. That's good to know because uh, for a lot of people, that really does matter and make a difference. I like the idea that you all have put together a body of research, published a book that shows that perception is a leadership quality. And because of the rigor behind it, this com- combining, which I absolutely love, you don't know this, but before recording this episode, I was working with a very senior leader in an organization and I was talking about culture. And I've I've covered this in a couple of different episodes, but you've put this together as a nice formula. IQ plus EQ plus CQ. And I missed that you had the second CQ where cultural competency, we are no longer, and perhaps COVID has increased this, this need, but we are no longer dealing with our local communities, our local states and our local country. We are truly a global society. And so we must be culturally competent as leaders. You know, it was interesting about culture to me was you, you couldn't just have like one factor be IQ, one factor be EQ, one be CQ and another CQ. They all overlap to some extent. It, it all uh, interacts with the other things. So that's why we came up with this EPIC uh, acronym, because it is more of a process. Mm-hmm. And, and all those things weave throughout the process. So it's really important to recognize the whole process that we go through so that we, if we are weak in part of the process, we can correct those areas. Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking time to talk to us today about the power of perception. Is there any closing comments that you would like to make for our listeners? Well, I would like to say that the core purpose of this book and the training and the certification is not to have everyone uh, think the same, uh, just the opposite, but for everyone to be able to effectively lead in a very diverse, very multi-layered business setting where every single person is aware of what they are projecting, aware of how they perceive things and aware of the other's perception. And then aligning everyone as as close as possible to that concept of business reality because within that particular ever-fluid concept, that's where we produce, that's where we excel, and that's where we perform. Mm -hmm. So that is our core purpose. Excellent. Diane? You know, I, I don't know if I can top that. That was exactly what I'd like to end with. But, you know, there is no truth. There's only perception. And you have to recognize that what you see 
may not be what other people see or what they interpret. So it's really important that we look at the world and realize that we're more alike than we are different. But if we can work on our differences and our perceptions of how we go through our, our decision-making process, the better and more successful we'll be in the business world. Wonderful. So we're going to put a copy of the book on our website so that folks can visit you at keepleadingpodcast.com, visit your episode, and have an access to the assessment and access to your book. We're going to put links to your profiles so people can follow you both. And I neglected to say that Dr. Diane Hamilton has one of the best podcasts out there. So when you're not listening to the Keep Leading podcast, listen to Take the Lead, which is in how many episodes now, Diane? I lost count after 1,100 people. Uh, it's yeah, <laughs> I, a lot. A yes, lot. <laughs> some some obscene number. So just to put things some in the context, <laughs> after two years, I've I've, I've uh, crossed the 100 episodes. Oh, so you have! Congratulations. Thank you. So I want my listeners to understand how hard it is to get to 1,100 and counting. So truly phenomenal work. I don't think there's anybody left that Diane Hamilton hasn't interviewed. <laughs> well, I, there's got to be, but they've all been wonderful, including you, Eddie. Thank you for being a guest on my show. And uh, Maya, it's a pleasure to have you with us as well. I've uh, had a chance to do some work with you very closely and uh, just just a joy to, to be with you two ladies. Thank you for being a guest on the Keep Leading Podcast. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. That's it for this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all that we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.